Today's episode is sponsored by Soli Fruit Jerky. Soli Fruit Jerky is made with only one or two ingredients, and I'm talking like a whole banana and a handful of pecans. The banana pecan Soli Fruit Jerky is to die for, probably my favorite one, but they have a million. They have a mango one, they have a pineapple one, and you guys know I'm big on health and clean eating, and these have no added sugars or preservatives. They are what they are, and lonely isn't only, only is amazing. These solely fruit jerkies, guys, you can get them on Amazon. You can also check out the links in this podcast episode for more information on solely. And did I mention my kid loves them too? Hashtag mom win when we're running out the door to sports and different school activities. Now he has a quick, delicious and clean snack. Check it out. I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Nina. Yes, Michaela. Yes, I'm here. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm so happy you're here today to, to um, talk all things fitness. Actually, it's it's been a while since we've had a fitness oriented person. I've had a lot of, um, you know, metaphysical people and a lot of um, health in the way of diet people on, um, but I've not had a fitness person on in a while. So I'm just excited to kind of talk all things fitness. Can you tell the That's listeners awesome. a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Um, so my name is Nina Fuentes and I am a vegan fitness coach. So I'm specialized in vegan um, plant-based nutrition, certified in plant-based nutrition, as well as um, a certified personal trainer as well. Um, and I started on this journey about two years ago, I want to say. Prior to that, my um, original training, my background is in engineering. So I did, you know, four years of mechanical engineering um, in college, and then I worked for five years in an engineering company um, in Indiana. But then um, I realized that um, I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. It just wasn't um, jamming well with my personality. Um, So I figured, you know, I need to find a new business venture for myself to be able to um, work from anywhere um, and spend more time with my family, my husband, um, and my loved ones in general. And I understood that if I could figure out fitness for myself, I could also help other people and make a living out of it at the same time. So I would like hit, you know, multiple birds with one single stone. Um, so that's kind of what brought me to, to doing what I'm doing today. That's so fantastic. Um, and to go from engineering to that, what a change. So yeah, I know. <laughs> were, you, were you afraid to initially take the leap and kind of leave what was probably a little bit uh, comfortable to something that was a little bit unknown? Yeah, well, I think I was a little bit um, not scared, but for um, a couple months maybe, but I was mostly excited because um, 
working for myself was more of the opportunity to manage my time more so the way that I wanted to and um, give me more freedom with moving to different locations. So currently I live in Indiana, but I'm originally from um, Martinique in the Caribbean. So I did not grow up with four seasons. I didn't really learn how to manage the winter blues. And that's something that definitely um, gets to me every year. And I I tend to always forget when the summer comes how bad it gets. Um, but having that uh, opportunity to move away um, and kind of breaking free from it was a lot more enticing than leaving the comfort. Because although I was working as an engineer and I was making, you know, a decent amount of money compared to like the like average person, um, I didn't feel like I was free. I felt trapped in a certain way because I would get up, get ready, go to work, um, do my job inside of an office, come back out. By that time, it's dark outside most of the time and then come home, barely see my husband, um, barely have time to talk to my family. So I was more excited to get out of that cycle than um, worried about the downside of not having the comfort. Mm. And I think from that place of kind of unhappiness, so much positive growth can happen when you kind of get to that point where you're like, I'm done. I'm ready for something different. Yeah. Yes. That's really special. That's really fantastic. So, so you, um, you help women achieve optimum health. How do you do that? Yes. So to me, being able to achieve optimum health, um, I kind of have a, a small a pet peeve um, with, you know, the health and fitness industry. And what I see often happening is that people who focus on the fitness side um, focus a lot on looks and the way that you look. So you have all the bodybuilders on one side and the, the fitness trainers on one side that all that matters is to exercise and, you know, train hard or it doesn't matter if your diet is balanced or not. And as long as you're looking good, that's fantastic. And that's where, you know, the, um, like the weight loss aspect comes from. It's from like a lot of exercising. And then you have the other side, which is the health side, which focuses on nutrition. And you have the dietitians and nutritionists and all the, the people on that side. Um, and they focus a lot on, you know, getting you the right nutrients and making sure that um, you're, you're healthy from like the lab's standpoint but it doesn't necessarily matter as much on how you look where where i'm coming from i do believe that the way that you look is directly linked to the way that you like how healthy you are because even if someone is eating all of the right foods quotation marks and they're still like 50 pounds overweight that um overweight um this extra amount of pounds that they have on is not healthy in the long term. And that means that something has not been done properly in their routine. Maybe they don't have enough muscles on their body to be able to sustain the amount of energy that they're um, consuming, or maybe um, they've been too sedentary and they're just sitting all day. So just because someone is eating the right foods, condition mark, or because they're exercising every day, it doesn't mean that they have the full picture. Doing both come hand in hand. And that's where I come in. I like that. And I think that, you know, there's been this recent, there's been a recent push for like big is beautiful and yes. not to get caught up with weight and, you know, things like that and um, embrace your cellulite stuff. Like, What do you think about that? What do you think about that new kind of? Yeah. Mindset? Well, um, 
I don't know if you're familiar with like the Jillian Michaels um, kind of dilemma or um, controversy when she was not necessarily talking about like Lizzo, but she was talking about people that were celebrating for being bigger. And I 100% agree with what she was saying. And she wasn't, I don't believe that someone should be bullied because of the way that they look. Right. Like let's make this extremely clear. That's not something that should be done. No one should be judged by their um, their outside appearance. That is not something that is true. However, if someone is overweight and um, maybe they're struggling with um, exercising or eating healthy, maybe they're not. But if someone is overweight and someone else comes in and tells them, well, maybe um, you could lose a little bit of weight. I don't think that it's a bad thing to want to be smaller. And the reason I say that is because being overweight is associated with so many illnesses, diabetes, heart attack, stroke, um, dementia. Um, And then in the long run, if you're not being um, active in your lifestyle, you're also going to have to deal with more fragile bones, um, not reduced range of mobility. So it's directly correlates with your quality of life in the long term no matter what people say no matter how body positivity comes out um being okay with being overweight it's not it has to be a balance it has to be a balance of accepting yourself for who you are because your self-worth is not tied to the way that you look however your health is tied to the way that you look yeah. And that's, and that's absolutely true. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Humans right. were never meant to be as sedentary as we are. We were supposed to work harder for our food and for our heat and for our... Exactly. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that, um, that you've talked about is the hourglass shape and why is it ideal? Why is the hourglass shape healthier? Yeah. So you know, I've always wanted to look good. So we, I mean, most women want to look very feminine. And um, from our evolutionary standpoint, men and women are more attracted to a more hourglass um, shape when it comes to the female body, because, you know, having a large breast signals that maybe they are more um, apt to reproduce. Um, Having larger hips mean that they are more prone to be able to give birth easily. So, whether that's true or not, because we all know that all shapes and sizes do not affect um, your reproductive system. That's just the way that we are built now, which is why we're um, attracted to that shape. Now, trying to build an hourglass body, the way that I'm, I teach how to do it is to focus on um, increasing your muscle mass in strategic areas, such as your glutes, your upper back, um, your legs as well, and your back just becoming very much stronger overall and the focus on you know your glutes and your back is good for your health because most of us are being sedentary so when we sit all day our glutes they just go to sleep however we still need to be walking throughout the day we still need to be moving we still need to be able to perform our hinging pattern And by exercising that muscle more prominently, not only do you get a more desirable shape, um, but also you have an improved range of mobility, you have a better um, kinematic aspect in your body as well. Not only that, when you are exercising your upper body, so your, your back muscles, 
like you were saying before, we are very sedentary um, in our work. We spend all of our days in front of a computer. So what happens over time is that we tend to really be hunched over and have very shortened pecs. Whereas if you are exercising your back, you're able to, with getting those muscles stronger, create a better posture, which means that in the long term, you'll have um, a better quality of life as well. So as you were talking about that and sitting, I'm sitting, um, one of the <laughs> things I was thinking about was maybe I should stand up, but um, is, is getting saggy just a part of aging or can you counter that with exercise? I think it's, uh, um, so our skin is going to become more looser as we age our cells are not able to replicate as well as they did when we were younger and that is part of aging however that being said a lot of the sagginess that comes with aging from most people is due to the accumulation of fat underneath their muscle or their skin tissue so if someone has a good amount of um, body fat and if they have sufficient amount of muscles to fill up that space, the sagginess is a lot less noticeable than for someone that has not been exercising, hasn't built any muscle, has been sitting for most of their lives, maybe had a couple children in the, um, in the process and never really took active action to be able to reverse that. And I know plenty of older women, which is one of my motivations when I was getting started with fitness, who looked better than I did when I started my own journey. So it is not something that has um, to happen to everyone. Of course, genetics play a role. Of course, aging is going to make the skin a little bit less um, bouncy than it used to be. But that's something that definitely can be mitigated with proper nutrition and proper um, exercise. And uh, so, so one of the things that I see is that sustainability is a problem, like, especially this time of year, you know, people get so excited for their new year, new bod, new me, whatever. And, you know, they get all gung ho on like, I'm going to eat this way. I'm going to exercise this way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then it just peters out and and they didn't pick something that they could actually do every day, you know, for long Mm -hmm. periods of time. What do you say to that? What do you suggest for people that kind of jump on board with something and then it fizzles out in a week or two or yeah. a month or two. Well, first of all, I would say don't jump on board with anything. <laughs> Always have the end in mind. And to achieve any sustainable success, we all have to make permanent changes. A lot of the women that I talk to are under the impression that it is possible to go on maybe an extreme diet for a short amount of time and then reach their body um, weight goal And then after that, just be able to maintain that. But it's somehow, every time that we do that, we go on to an extreme diet and we reach our body goals, quotation mark. Um, What happens is once we try try to maintain that, somehow that that never can happen. We'll always gain the weight back or more. And the key to sustaining a proper weight or your um, end goal is to make permanent changes and being able to achieve a certain energy balance. Because I think I talked to that, about that a little bit earlier. Whenever you're trying to maintain a certain weight, whenever you're trying to, to maintain a certain physique, you have to be able to consume the same amount of calories 
than you are putting out. So that's the concepts of calorie, calories in versus calories out. So if you're eating a certain amount of energy, if you're excreting that same amount, you're going to stay at the exact same level, no matter you know what age you are, where, where your genetics are, that's just the principles that are there. Now, if you're trying to lose weight, what happens with most people and most programs is that they're going to try to reduce the amount of calories that are being eaten by a lot. And that is very drastic. That tends to lead us to be extremely hungry in the long term. And then by the end, all we've done is signal to our brains that in order to lose weight, we have to do something extreme, which puts us in the stage where we feel like we're going to die. So it becomes harder and harder and harder over time to get started because deep down we know that it's going to be a terrible experience overall. So to anyone who is trying to make changes and really get on board, the best thing that I would say, and that probably doesn't come um, as a surprise to anyone, is to pick something small, right? Like in order to be able to eat properly on a regular basis, you have to prepare your own food. You have to meal plan. You have to um, be prepared throughout the week. So instead of saying, okay, I'm done with everything. I'm not eating any, any more sugar. I'm not eating any more candy. Like this is over for like until I reach my weight goal. Instead, make a small commitment that you know you can keep. So if, for example, you're eating out like six days a week, pick one day of the week that you're not going to eat out. One day that you're going to prepare your meal and eat that and that's going to be one day of the, the week that you're, you're doing it. Then once you've done that, then you add another day. Then you add another day. Then you add another day. And before you know it, you're eating, um, you're not eating out six days out of the week as opposed to trying to start everything at once, putting your body into shock, and then not being able to continue long term. The same thing comes with for exercise. Instead of saying, okay, from now on, I'm going to um, be running for an hour every day. I'll run 10 miles every day. No. Start with maybe 15 minutes per day. If you can commit to 15 minutes per day of walking or movement, any type of movement, you start with that. Then as you get used to doing that, you can increase the amount of time that you are spending moving. Then you can increase. Let's say you get to about an hour. That's what I recommend people to have as a dedicated time for exercise per day. So have about an hour. Once you have that increment implemented into your schedule, then at that point you can start saying, okay, what exactly do I want to do so I can start, you know, building muscle, so I can start reshaping my body. But before we have that basis, the patterns and um, the habits in place, it becomes very difficult to stick to anything because we try to start from um, from scratch and we, we, we try to um, to start without any preparation in advance and it becomes a lot easier to crash later on. So what about the people that are meal planning and are, you know, doing everything that they're supposed to be doing, they're exercising 30 minutes daily and all that, and they're just plateaued. They, yeah. they just can't lose anymore. What about those people? Yeah. So first of all, congratulations to anyone who is doing all of these things, who is meal prepping and who is exercising. 
Um, there's a couple of things that can be done. The first thing that I would recommend is to start by tracking your food intake. Because although you might be meal prepping, you might not realizing that there's like, uh, like a candy bar or two that gets slipped into your regimen. Maybe you started very clean with the type of food that you're eating, but over time you started implementing, you know, maybe more fatty foods, maybe changing your proportions and eating foods that are a little bit more higher in calories. So doing a, um, an audit of the way that you're eating, maybe for a week, just keeping track, keeping a journal, seeing what you're eating, that might reveal where the... Um, where the issues might be. So that would be like the first step. Then in terms of exercising, if you're if someone is trying to lose weight, the first thing that I would, I would look at is first the nutrition. So that, that would be the first one. The second part is, okay, you're exercising 30 minutes a day. That's fantastic. Now for your exercise to be efficient, it has to put your body into a certain degree of stress. So you can, there's multiple ways you can increase the amount of calories that you're burning per day. You can, you know, move more with cardio, but my favorite way is to build muscle. And the reason for that is when you build muscle, you're actually able to burn calories while you're exercising. You burn calories while your muscles are rebuilding themselves and you burn more calories overall because we all know that muscle burns more calories than fat. So you get three steps instead of just burning calories um, while you're exercising, when you're doing cardio. So that's why it's my favorite way of increasing the metabolism. Now, to be able to achieve muscle um, gains, there is a certain science that comes to that, uh, behind that. You have to be able to apply more load every time that you are um, exercising. And I really recommend anyone who is going on that path and has no idea of what they're doing to work with a trainer because they'll be able to, to help with um, teaching you the proper form, teaching you um, what progression you should be doing and really coaching you around the gym and all that. So I really recommend doing that. But when it comes to plateauing, the biggest thing would be to analyzing the patterns that you're in. Are you eating the proper foods? Are you, um, maybe you're always meal prepping, but your foods have too much calories in them. Or maybe you're exercising, but the ex exercise that you're doing is not burning enough calories. It's always a matter of calorie, um, of energy balance. So how many calories are you putting in? How many calories are you putting out? And if nothing is different, you're going to be stuck at a plateau. So it's a matter of figuring out where you need to make the change. Yeah, that's, and that's good. And I mean, even what she said too about, you know, little slip ups here and there, you don't yeah. even think about them, but they add up to a lot at the end of the day, just a handful of gummy bears even can add up to a lot. Absolutely. Um, so what, what do you think about cheat days and kind of, and kind of talking about that? I mean, nobody wants to live a life where, you know, they're at a birthday party and can't have a piece of cake, yeah. but, but how do you, how do you tackle those? How do you look at those? Yeah. Um, I have, I always try to come from a sustainable standpoint. So never having a cheat day is already out of the question because life is going to happen and you still have to go to birthday parties. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. At the same time, myself, it kind of depends of, where the person is coming from. If they are very, um, I don't want to say strict, but if they have a very high level of discipline, if 
when they were growing up in their families, you know, what they were used to eating were fruits and vegetables. And that's just what they were doing. They might be able to go back and having a diet that's clean most of the time. Myself, I knew I had a very big Reese's addiction and I didn't realize how much, how many Reese's I was eating until one of my coworkers was like, well, Nina, you eat Reese's every day. And now as I was talking about how healthy I was eating and I was like, well, (laughs) you're right. I have, I have no excuse here. You're correct. I eat Reese's every day. We have to fix that. So I was like, okay, I've tried to quit Reese's. I've tried to quit, quit chocolate before, you know, and that never worked. I would last for a week, two weeks, a month maybe. But then once I had a small piece, it wouldn't end up in a binge. So in order for you to be able to stay consistent or whoever is listening to be able to stay consistent, what I would recommend is to space out the foods that you know are not um, contributing to getting you closer to your goals. So let's say you're, you have an addiction like I did. Let's try to space it out for every two days. Then when that feels good, then space it out for every three days. And it's always a progression that you want to, that, that would be recommended. Now myself, I have a cheat day every weekend because there's things around me that I want to eat. And by um, putting it in a box, it helps with first letting me know that it's not a matter of the fact that I can never have it. It just means that I can't have it right now, which is a lot easier of a conversation to have with my mind than to say I can never have it. So I'll never have it because every time we hear the word never, our mind says, we have to have that thing right now. <laughs> so being able to tell your mind, like, you cannot have it right now, you will have it later, is a lot more of an easier conversation to have. So I always recommend my clients to have a cheat day implemented so that they know, okay, I really wanted to have this, but it's not going towards my goal. Today is not the day that I said that I would have it. Let me just wait until Saturday or Sunday, whatever the case may be. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. And when I was doing my detox, I did a 120 day detox, super long. Detox. Wow. Um, and only the last 90 days were intensive um, in that way. But um, for me, if I had a bite, you know, my son would say, you're cheating, you're cheating. And I'm like, we need to stop looking at it like this. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This is, not, this is not mommy cheating. This is mommy making a conscious, intentional effort yeah, I reward myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I know you mentioned like the whole birthday party, and that's something that um, I've had to deal with when I was still working as an engineer. You know, towards the the end of the year, um, when it's uh, holiday season, it tends we tend to have a lot more parties, a lot more. Um, treats that are coming in into the office and it can be a lot harder to resist during that time than throughout the rest of the year so what I would do is kind of look at my whole week like how many parties do I have um 
throughout the week? And do I have to go to every one of them? Can I um, eat the meals that I want to eat that are going to take me towards my goals before I go to the party so that once I'm there, I don't, I'm not tempted to eat too many um, high-calorie foods? Um, and then learning to say no throughout the rest of the year, but also forgiving yourself knowing that December is not going to last for the whole year. Um, so it's kind of, it's a matter of finding the right balance, understanding, you know, you cannot go to every single party and have all of the foods that are there at every party, unless you're okay with gaining a couple of pounds over the winter. It's kind of, it's like making, making the choice and deciding what you want for for yourself. Absolutely. I, yeah, I love that. And, um, so I'd like to transition and talk a little bit about how you're a plant-based coach. Yes. And I want to understand a little bit about why you feel that's important. When I was um, in the last 45, 60 days of my um, detox, I was fully plant-based, um, but I made an intentional choice to, um, while I did not add back in 90%, I, I am pescatarian, so I will eat eggs and fish. Um, but, but, you know, when people talk to me about that, one of the things for me is that my, my lifestyle change has, um, been so positive in the way that my thyroid is functioning at the best it's ever functioned. I no longer have to take heartburn medicine of any kind, not even a Tums. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, it's just a blatant life, um, improvement that I wouldn't want to go back on. A lot of people don't understand it though. Yeah. Um, and I still yeah. find it, and even in my immediate um, circle, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm getting the kind of goofy looks when I'm ordering at a restaurant, yeah. you know, and, and so I don't try to explain it away anymore. Um, I just say, I prefer it. I prefer to eat this way, mm -hmm. but it is hard to um, have a primarily plant-based life. I mean, it's, it's not as hard, I don't find, in the way of, like, what you cook or anything. And I've actually ordered the purple carrot box. So I've gotten really creative. They, they send, a, you know, a box that I make everything so I can get creative on different recipes and things like that since I didn't grow up eating that way. I grew up right. eating macaroni and cheese with ground beef and, and green beans. Yeah. You know, canned green beans. <laughs> so, um, so for me, you know, it doesn't come naturally to um, – to cook that way. So that's been a big part of it for me. But, but what do you say for people who are struggling against the outside influences? Yes. Um, and, and what about not getting enough protein? You're not going to get enough protein. <laughs> you know, what about all that? Cause you're a fitness person, right? So you, right. You know, it's, uh, okay. So I'll, I'll tell you the, 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 short version of the story. So when I, when I first got into fitness, you know, I really wanted to build muscle and transform, transform my body. And when I was looking at who do I look up to, because when it comes to transforming your body, not only do you need to do the right exercising, the right movement, but you also have to eat the right diet. And all I heard was eat enough protein and be in a caloric deficit meaning you're eating less calories than what you're um, burning. Now, everyone that I was looking at that was like very prominent into the fitness industry was all about, you know, your protein powder, your meats. And at that time, I just, I wasn't, I did not want to be eating meats or powder. I was really wanting to do everything the most natural way possible without supplements. Um, 
without you know pills or any anything like that. And what I found is that there's a whole community of vegan bodybuilders out there that have built muscles on plants without any supplementation, and they all look amazing. It's easier for them to stay lean throughout the year. Um, it's easier for them to go through a, a cut season and shred and lose the weight because they are able to eat more carbs, which is the body's um, main fuel source. And when they're in competitions, they don't feel depleted. They, they feel great. Um, and I, I understood, I, I looked at the literature and I realized that what we believe is the amount of protein that we need, which is about like one gram per pounds is the general consensus, is basically twice the amount that we actually need. So like a, 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 a woman would need about 46 grams of, of protein for her to be healthy and alive. And most people are not at the level of athlete bodybuilders. So we don't need the extra amount of calories that we need to build muscle. Just the regular amount is just enough. And to give you, I, yeah. I, I watched that movie Game Changers mm-hmm. on Netflix and that was mind-blowing. Yes, I me. know. I mean, <laughs> and, and these people, I mean, are at the top of their game. Yes. Yes. And they're completely plant-based. Yes. I absolutely loved it. I think so. I, I've, I've been trying to get my husband to go plant-based for a long time. Um, and we have this consensus that I do the groceries. So our groceries are fully vegan. But sometimes if you go on the weekend, you know, he'll, he'll have whatever he wants. But after he saw the movie... He was like, although I had been talking about this for years, after he saw the movie and saw the actual guys that I had been showing him on, you know, my Instagram and online, he was saying, you know, wow, I didn't realize that she could build muscle on plants. Like now I'm a believer. This is the way to go. And I'm like, well, I'm glad this movie helped you see the light because every person is different. Some um, methods might resonate with someone different, but overall, we don't need to worry about, you know, how much protein we get. It's so interesting that we all say, you know, every time someone goes vegan, you get asked, where do you get your protein from? But then what I would challenge anyone that who is going vegan and gets that question being asked, ask the person who is asking, where do you get your proteins from? Because oftentimes people don't know if they're getting enough protein or not. They just assume that because there, there is meat in their diet, or there is animal product in their diet that they are consuming a good amount of protein. We don't know what the number is, but just because that's the general consensus, that's what um, the culture has out there, we believe that that's what, that's what is going to give us protein, whereas there is protein in every single plant foods out there. Like the pro- <laughs> I, I actually made a coconut black bean sweet potato stew last night that sounds amazing it was so good my son had three bowls but my husband came home late from work and he goes there's not enough he goes there's not enough i can already tell there's too many vegetables in this and and no meat (laughs) and but then i was like but so one of the things that i've actually started doing is i'll make uh, a caraway um, vegan sage sausage mm-hmm. with roasted vegetables, but then I'll make him a real sausage. Got it. So, got it. You know, I mean, it, it kind of, it kind of works out because I can usually supplement whatever it is I'm making with something that's a meat based 
for him, mm-hmm. you know, and my yeah. son too. And, and they seem happy with that. And he actually shocked me the other day. He was on the way home and he says, I'm, I'm going to stop off at the store and get stuff to make um, chicken fried steak for dinner. What would you like to eat? Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That's really sweet. That's really, uh, really, really sweet. It really was. And I was like, wow, I think that's like one of the first times that, um, you know, trying to make it, is harder. it, it is, is harder, you know, especially because we love to eat. Um, we love mm-hmm. to eat out. We love not out, but we like to go to nice, you know, dinners yeah, and restaurants, like that yes. when we're traveling and stuff mm-hmm. and try different foods and we're, we're foodies. Um, yeah. the good news about that is that, you know, being that I do eat fish and crab and lobster and stuff like we could always find right. know, oysters, things like that. We can go to oyster bar together and stuff. And when we go to Thai food, it's fine. You know, I just, um, we'll get the shrimp curry or whatever instead of you know um mm-hmm. i did order a tofu curry the other day and he was like <laughs> but he had smoked tempa the other day i made some like uh vegan rolls with smoked tempa and he actually really liked it like he was picking it out of the pan <laughs> yeah so. people are surprised how good food can taste i think the biggest thing that i um understood was that the meat that we really enjoy eating, we don't necessarily enjoy eating it because it's meat, but it's because of the way it's prepared. So once Absolutely. You, right? Yeah. So once you're able to master how to prepare vegetables with, you know, the same, you might need to add a little bit more oil because, you know, meat comes with a certain amount of fat, which helps with the flavoring. But once you're able to make your vegetables and get a similar texture and then be able to coat it, in the same seasoning that you would for regular meat it's you know gives you the same sensory experience and everything you don't have the after your meal um haters and being lethargic afterwards you feel more energized so i i had the other day for the first time and i literally i'm so sad that i have to drive so far to get it but um, (laughs) i go to this right club in downtown sacramento and so that's far for me but always mm-hmm. before Right Club, I go to this place called the Veg Cafe. And for the first time, I tried their cauliflower momos. Have you heard of cauliflower momos? No. What are they? Oh, my gosh. It is basically a buffalo wing. Like a chicken. Yes. But it's made right. with cauliflower. Yes. You do it with a pineapple jam and a buffalo wing sauce. Um, wow. Or buffalo hot sauce. Oh, my gosh. It's it good. Was- so good and yes. so we were at a restaurant yesterday and we were um and they had ordered you know chicken wings and i was telling the owner i'm like have you ever heard of a cauliflower momo blah 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 and he's like i'm actually thinking about getting those in and i was like I'll be here every day if you do every that. day <laughs> because um i think that's what people miss is the sensory experience like you're describing you know not getting mm-hmm. to have that piece of it but i made a vegan chili and took it to a shop full of guys and they scarfed it down. They had yeah. no idea that it was all vegan. I used the Loma, um, the Loma brand, uh, and Loma's amazing um, for like a Beyond Meat product. And then, Got it. and then I went to a Christmas party with like forty people and brought a fully vegan seven layer dip. Oh, that sounds good. There were three other seven layer dips there, and mine was devoured. <laughs> I brought blue corn to- tortilla chips to go with that, and it was gone. It was yeah. made with tofuti for the sour cream and mm-hmm. daya for the cheddar cheese. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody had a I had an idea. <laughs> like no idea. It's just, I think it's just the stigma. I think 
like many years ago, like when you hear going vegan, you hear like no meat, no cheese, no dairy, um, no eggs. That's that's what people hear. And we're so accustomed to cooking with all those foods. And we know that, you know, they provide a lot of fats and fats help with making things taste better. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Fat helps things make taste better. So we're so used to cooking with all these things that when you hear, okay, well, I can't use any of that stuff, all you end up with is vegetables. And if you're not used to um, enjoying vegetables in their plain form, it doesn't sound very appealing. Whereas we have to understand that it's possible to replace a lot of the foods that we are usually eating. So, so yeah. Um, and, and I know you mentioned how do you stick to it when it's so difficult. Um, honestly, to me, it's really a personal journey for, for anyone who is going on this journey. It's going to be a personal journey. There's going to be days that are going to be easier than others. But what I can guarantee is that over time, how this way of eating makes a person feel is going to be so much more worth it than any food on the planet. I used to love cheese. Like my background is French. I, I love cheese. I love all the cheese, pizza, um, Gruyere, blue cheese, you name it. That was like, that was my jam. I loved all the cheese. But then when I was able to eat without um, any dairy for an extended amount of time, I felt a lot better. And then I wasn't very strict at the beginning with whether I would eat cheese or not. But I did notice that every time I would have a piece, I would feel terrible afterwards. My stomach would hurt. Like maybe I get reactions on my face. Um, I would be tired. It, would, it wouldn't taste good. I would get sick. It would just be all of those symptoms that are coming down on me. And I'm like, it's not, it's not worth it. So now it becomes a lot easier to say no because I know that by saying no, I'm saying yes to feeling amazing. That's kind of how I feel about working out too. I mean, for me, I'm I'm not a gym person, never have been, and I'm fairly certain at 40 years old I probably never will be. But <laughs> but I but I can create everything that I need to create either via my yoga practice in the garden, in the yard, hiking, swimming, kayaking. I mean, I do a tremendous amount of outdoor activities. But what I always feel is, even if in the moment I'm like. Ugh. You know, it's nice and warm sitting here. Mm-hmm. When I get out, it's so it's so much better for my mental health, not just my physical health. Like I come back feeling so rejuvenated and so fresh and so happy I did it. I've never done any form of exercise and gone, man, I wish I didn't do that when mm-hmm. it was done. In the Absolutely. moment, I've said I wish I didn't. <laughs> but then it's worth it. <laughs> but for me, how my clothes feel, and you were, you were talking about this in the very early on in the podcast is, you know... If my clothes are tight, I'm not having my best day. Like, I'm not having my best day, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, no matter how I look at it. Like, if I'm, you know, feeling the pinch of something that didn't used to pinch, I know I need to get, I need to check myself. I need to, you know, um, because being able to put on my clothes every day and know that they feel good and know that I feel good is huge for me. It is huge. It is is really huge. I remember... um, I mean, growing up, I was always very self-conscious about my body. And I think I was talking about this with someone yesterday. And I was always feeling very self-conscious about my body. Um, And 
but I would feel very confident in my abilities, whether like my mental abilities to, to achieve things, to, to do things, to be successful. I was very confident, but that confidence would just fly away as soon as I step in front of a mirror. I would just feel like, well, you know, you might be good, but you don't look the way that you feel. You don't look good. And I, I just felt trapped for a very long time. I felt like there was no way like I could never get nice things. Like no matter how hard I tried, the one thing that I wanted, I would never have it because genetics or it just wasn't in the cards for me. Nowadays, because after I've understood, you know, how to manage my nutrition while still, you know, being a foodie, because I love food, which is why I was struggling with my weight, but um, still loving food and not being a gym rat and, you know, spending hours at the gym. Now I can have a bad day, step in front of a mirror and get myself lifted up by just saying, you know what, Nina, maybe everything is going wrong right now, but look at yourself. You did this. So take this, be part of yourself, and stick your head up and keep moving on with your day. Like, that is so powerful. You are so absolutely right. And on that note, Nina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. That is absolute perfection. Um, I loved everything that you shared today, and I hope that people feel inspired to start living a slightly healthier life, whatever that may look like for them. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I had really the best of times. Thanks again, and we'll chat soon. Awesome. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.